0: Welcome to the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Youthscape podcast. We hope you had a very happy Easter, a little break last week for you, but we're right back in the saddle. I'm Martin Saunders with me in the other saddle, <laughs> the adjoining <laughs> saddle. Rachel. The oh, other
0: donkey. That's it. Rachel Gardner. What a beautiful image.
1: Um, what, should we just tell you that there's um, there's now a lost half an episode? We because <laughs> I just need to tell people about this. In fact, I'm just looking at Dave. Could we make it a Patreon exclusive? I think we could. It's yeah, okay, so right. Funny. We're going to do this. Right. So if you're a Patreon subscriber <sighs> uh, and you, if you're not already, you can, it's not too late. You can get there. Patreon.com forward slash youthscape. Uh, is that a right?
0: Quid a month you could be listening to this. I think.
1: Uh, quid a month. Uh, you will get the first half of this episode that we've just binned because I started to talk about mm. my traumatic relationship. With hotel rooms. With hotel rooms. I think
0: it's safe to say that you, you actually unraveled before our eyes. I did. I had a bit of an existential I don't crisis. Know what happened there? It was hilarious. So, but
1: we're not Going to lead with no, that. No, we're so not. So if you want that, if you want the complete <laughs> experience of today's podcast, you then you can stop. go as a patron, <laughs> and we'll we'll have released that as a patron exclusive.
0: Are you feeling okay now? Because sometimes I don't know. It. I think we'll you're see. still there. And it's the good news is he's still slightly unhinged. So, so let's
1: have another go. Still. Yes. We've just had Easter.
0: We've just had Easter. We,
1: we thought we might talk a little bit about Easter with young people. Yes. And have you had any sort of profound experiences with teenagers of those Easter and Lent? Services.
0: I know we're, we're a bit of away from Ash, um the Ash service, but we we work with our local high school quite a bit, like some of you guys listening, you know, do this collective worship and lunch clubs and that kind of stuff, mentoring. And uh and this year we said with Lent and Easter, we're a Church of England high school, we're a Church of England's church. Could we like get a bit more opportunity for young people to to opt in to some of these spiritual practices so rather than everybody has to take communion everybody has to be ashed everyone has to do this let's explain what it is in a series of collective worships and then come to the chapel or come to the church if you want to find out more so we've had some amazing experiences this easter of of young people going oh oh okay i'll go and do that i'll go and get ashed i'll go and get my friends i'll go and Involved with it, and that's been really interesting because I, I love Christmas, I adore Christmas, but I kind of think Easter is we don't make enough of no. it. and it's it's in my look at the woods, Martin, like the whole stuff around um sort of emo and goth and zombies and wicker and death and and the and guy, like all of that means that our young people they really resonate well with conversations around death, around pain, around um you know what is resurrected out of the ashes, like it's a really awesome. Time to really engage young people in their deep fascination in life beyond. So it's been it's been brilliant.
1: We've talked about how young people uh, might have assumed in a post Christian culture that they would be anti uh-huh.
0: faith yep.
1: and religion. Actually, they're quite Not intrigued the by it and yeah. open to it. So saying, do you want to come and get ashed? Could be exciting in a yes. way that it twenty years ago wouldn't have been at all.
0: I, I you know I found that extraordinary. So we have a high school of one thousand one hundred and fifty two young people. 106 of them came. So, so percentage-wise, it's about 10%. But bearing in mind that they're getting this mark on their forehead that they've then got on their head for the rest of the afternoon, I just thought this is really interesting. Ado- you know, allowing young people to kind of experience these Christian practices was, was really cool. Now, um, when I was a child, um, I had a love-hate relationship with Easter because my mum would always hide Easter eggs in the airing cupboard. Oh, no. The hottest place Why? in the house. I don't know. Come she just come thought it was a good place to hide them. They'd always be squelched. Oh, no. I have one child in the house who will, be, will get Easter eggs and they'll still be sat there the following September, December.
1: Yeah, we, I worry about that. Yeah. Gosh, so, eat that chocolate.
0: <laughs> eat that chocolate now, child. So, um, and then during the lockdown, when there were no Easter eggs, do you remember this? There were no chocolate Easter yeah, eggs for so one of the lockdowns, one of Easters, we I, I produced cheese Easter eggs and the children just looked egg. at me. A egg. It just looked at me as if to say, do you want to destroy my life? So, I feel that Easter each year, I don't know what to do about you know, Easter eggs. And all that I love stuff. the idea
1: of a cheese Easter egg. <laughs> Especially good. if it was made of brie. It mm.
0: could In be the a brie, brie, Easter egg.
1: brie Easter egg. <laughs> oh, dear. This is awful, isn't In it? The air and this is, I'm still having aftershocks from the uh, first <laughs> from the try at the hotel. Um, I had a really amazing experience of Easter as a young person. Wow. I remember that our youth group went on an all night hike. Through the Surrey kind of countryside. And we, it was a lovely evening and we walked literally all night And about five o'clock in the morning. We then got on a train back to where we were from. And, um, and then we went to a sort of sunrise service on Easter Sunday and it was profound and mm-hmm. of course you know it's maybe there's some ethical questions about whether you should absolutely exhaust young people before asking ask them to enter a spiritual experience but I have to say it was it was a thin place mm-hmm. it, and I was exhausted <laughs> um but uh, but yeah I think I'm um, by the way I think we should bring back the night hike I think I I've said this before the night hike. but I think we're scared of night I hikes love the night hike. if anybody would like to do a night hike I'm up for it
0: there's a little old lady in our church called Joyce, who's 87. And even like, about 15 years ago, she was telling me that she was 15 years ago, she was doing night hikes with teenagers from the estate in Black. I think it was with the scouts or with the guys. And they would walk from our estate up to Darwin Tower and then they would like do hot chocolates and and um, hot dogs, and then come back for about five a.m. in the morning. I love that. So she's like, "If you're going to do a night oh, hike, can I come? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? What a great things to do across could the generations. Could we do a newscape night I hike? I would love a newscape night hike. Could we?
1: Would, would how would we, would we do it? Sort of members of the public, or would we just do? it Are as we generally a staff planning team? this? Yeah, oh, no, yeah, no let's spitball. Okay, yes, let's workshop it.
0: I think we could walk from. Uh, from cathedral to cathedral, couldn't we? At night.
1: Yeah. Yes. I love that idea. We should do a night hike. Any ideas about how this could actually take shape? You can email us. Yes. After you've signed up for the Patreon. Yeah. Just email us at youthscape. They might want nothing to do with UK. us
0: after the Patreon. What's that? They might want nothing to do with they us. They will, after they'll the be Patreon. hungry for more. They I will tell you right
1: now, they'll be hungry for more. They'll be like, Martin, tell us more about how you unravel <laughs> when you're in a premier inn. <laughs> they want to know
0: brilliant we have a fabulous guest today Uh, on this season where we're thinking about the challenges that we face in our youth ministry and can i just say i have i feel that i need to like stand guard on this guest because when we get this guest on martin seems to roll out just some hilarious stories about him i'll be nice i'll be nice nice to to him so you will if you've been a long time listener you'll know all about charles
1: Yeah, this won't be his first time at all. He's been on the podcast before. He has.
0: He's been standing producer on the podcast.
1: He was. He did a few episodes earlier in the season.
0: He ran the children's ministry at Satellites. My kids adored that. He had lots of children who basically weren't eating or washing all week, but were learning about Jesus. I mean, thank the Lord for for Charles and his team. So, uh, this is what happened when Martin caught up with our dear friend, Charles.
1: Youth workers often tell us they're starved, really meaty stuff where you get to think not just about what you're going to do next week in your youth group, but when you have a chance to explore the why. What are the big challenges in culture and how do we in the church respond? If we don't think about that stuff, we're in danger of just repeating the same old material, but with less impact as young people's world changes.
0: And that's why five years ago, Youthscape teamed up with St Melitus College to launch the Youthscape St Melitus Annual Lecture. It's a free evening event where you'll get the deepest and latest thinking about young people and youth work.
1: On the evening of May the 15th this year, we're holding the 2023 lecture. And guess what? You're invited to come in person to St. Melitus College in London or to listen online all for free.
0: Chloe Comby is one of the UK's most admired broadcasters after her award-winning podcast released during lockdown, You Don't Know Me, in which she interviews young people about the issues that matter most to them. Their startlingly honest words about everything from gender to education challenged our assumptions about teenagers and what they
1: really believe. In this year's lecture on May the 15th, Chloe will be sharing her latest findings alongside Chris Russell we will be exploring their implications for Christian youth ministry. It's your chance to get some really deep insights that take you beyond what game to run next week and help you to step back and see the bigger trends emerging.
0: So there are two ways you can attend and both need you to register in advance on the Youthscape website. If you come in person to St Melitus College, you'll get a glass of wine, a goodie bag and a free download of the lecture audio and video to be able to listen again afterwards. If you can't get to London, you can listen online, but you'll also need to register in advance at youthscape.co.uk forward slash lecture. That's youthstate.co.uk forward slash lecture.
1: Tickets are available now, to so take your chance to get some really meaty thinking about young people and youth work.
0: Unless you're a vegetarian.
1: In which case you'll get some meat-free corn thinking. Does that work?
0: I'm not really sure. Anyway, see you guys on the 15th.
1: Our guest today is the one, the only, the man, the myth, uh, Mr. Charles Merritt. Hello. Charles, when we last spoke to you, yes. you were... Uh, the children's worker mm. at St Mary's Rygate. Yeah, but now not so much.
2: Now, not so much. So I, what's your new role? Well, I I now work at Youthscape. Ah, oh. which is probably how you got me on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm now a creative content developer. Um. Which is a fancy way of saying that I make videos and promotional materials and stuff, especially for Youthscape Essentials, which is our youth work training course. Yeah. And Launchpad, which is our um vicar training course. <laughs> it is a vicar training course. It's a vicar course. training course. It is, to off, create yeah. youth work from scratch in churches that don't have any youth work currently.
1: Can we just name the elephant in the room here? Yeah. Uh, because obviously we know each other very well. Too and well. Too, okay. Worked together on uh, uh, the staff team at St. Mary's Rygate for yes. many years. This sounds like painfully like nepotism.
2: Yeah, I'm a nepo baby. So what, 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 what really I mean. happened? Um, what really
1: happened? Yeah, because this isn't. I didn't just give you a job.
2: No, I interviewed. What are you trying to say? Like, are you just trying to lay out that I interviewed fairly? Yes, that there was a whole interview process. Yes, yeah. Okay, but cool. I wasn't in. No, you weren't in. I yeah. just think it's
1: important to say this. Yeah, yeah. Transparency is very important.
2: Yeah. You had nothing to do with me getting this job.
1: No. In fact, I tried very hard to persuade them <laughs> otherwise because I knew a lot of dirt. Yeah, you could have. You could have completely screwed yeah, this up. They for me. did not listen to me. No. Anyway, so welcome to the team, Thank you. It's lovely to have you. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about youth and children's work and how they work together uh, today. But let's just hear a little bit about you first. So you are somebody who's been through youth ministry. Um, It looks like quite recently, but you're actually in your mid-20s. Let's just get that out as well. So um, tell us a little bit about your journey in youth work.
2: Yeah, wow. Um, So I was part of a church called All Saints and St. Andrews in York. Um, And I grew up there and went to the children's work and Sunday school. We didn't have much children's work outside of Sunday school. Um, And then youth work became a big thing. So we had a youth group when I was in year seven. Um, And then from there and kept going. And I think that was a really important part of my faith journey being part of a youth group. It was quite a small youth group. It wasn't huge. Um, but there was enough of us to keep it going. And then um I left school, did um touring with Riding Lights and Forefront Theatre Company, acting, doing Christmas shows and uh community projects, going into schools and prisons and homeless drop-ins and churches um and so as part of that like i was going into secondary schools um and that terrified me yeah um because i would literally just left secondary school yeah and i still looked like a
1: teenage child yes Yes.
2: um and so that was really that was really nerve-wracking but i really loved going to the primary schools i really enjoyed interacting with the younger children that was that was the thing that I felt the most comfortable. One could tell they
1: weren't your age.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. And I'd been, I did, I did a lot of um, children's work when I was a teenager. So I was helping out at kids' club, which was a, a group of hundred kids coming on a Wednesday, and you know we did little skits and group games and all the rest of it. So I was very much used to children's work. Then when we moved to Rygate, um, I moved to Rygate to go to uni in London. It's a confusing story. Yeah, yeah, but. um and I ended up at St. Mary's and I approached the youth and children's worker and said, hey, I'd like to help out with the kids. Like, that's what I do. And he was like, yeah, come along on a Monday evening. That's that's when all the kids are there. And then it turned out to be the uh, year nine to 13 group. Oh, you were hoping <laughs> for primary school. Children. I was hoping for primary school children. And I hadn't realized that um, I, I was my home church. We had a youth and children's worker. I didn't realize that there was such a thing as a youth worker as a, a separate person yeah. who just oversaw young people um, because our church wasn't big enough at that point to have both a youth and children's worker. So that completely blew my mind. Um, so then got thrown in with the oldest teenagers.
1: So you, that's where you started. You started doing youth work.
2: Yeah, and it was terrifying and I didn't want to do it. But I I don't know, I just stuck it through it, got put into a little small group. Um, and that sounds
1: like, again, they thought yeah. you were a teenager. <laughs> As a leader, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, as a leader, as a leader with someone else. And um, and from there, I think that I grew in confidence for it because it, it threw me in the deep end. I didn't feel 100% comfortable with young people. I was still working out stuff for myself. Um, but that's what happened. And I stuck with it. Um, and grew to love it and grew to love the young people. And then in the summer was when we kind of met for the first time and yeah. we did Holiday Club together.
1: Holiday Club. club. Yeah, great. That, which was me yes. and my first experience really
2: of children's work. Yeah. So it's, this is like a crossover story. <laughs> it is. and um, And yeah, and so that's when we first met. And at that time, the church advertised for the children's worker and I was still doing uni. Um, I was actually entering my final year of uni and I decided to work part time as a children's worker as well as doing uni. You probably
1: thought I'll just do that for a year.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the contract originally was six months.
1: And how long did you stay?
2: Five years. Five years. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And and you did an amazing job. We'll talk about this. Thank but, you. you know, you are you've been actually gone from the 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 role for about six months as we record this. And you left a huge gap behind, like people are really sad that you left, parents, children, you know, teenagers, everybody. So you, you did make a massive impact in that time. You did some brilliant stuff. Before we talk about youth and children's work and how they interplay, I also want to just mention that you are the most a great friend of mine, mm-hmm. as much as I will make jokes in the next little mm-hmm. while. You're a great friend of mine and we know each other really well uh, and you've sort of become slightly part of our family yeah, you come to. We're you know, really building on the nepotism theme yeah, here, aren't we? You, yeah. yeah, but you do. You come to like. I think you were. I think you were around for New Year and stuff yeah, like was, that yeah. this year and so, so we're very close. Um, and so I, I say that to, as a build up to explaining that you were the inspiration for a book. So you were in, in many ways my muse. Oh. When I wrote a book about three years ago called "The Man You're Made to Be." Was
2: I didn't realize I
1: was the inspiration. Did you inspiration? not realize you were the inspiration? I realized that I appear in the book. Yeah, no, you you were basically the inspiration. Oh. And the reason why was because it's a book about kind of Christian masculinity and growing
2: up as a as a young man. <laughs> Sorry, it does sound like you're going. You need to be more of a man. <laughs> like I wrote a whole book to teach you how to be a man.
1: Yeah, you're well, just that,
2: failing. No, at that, the moment. Is, that
1: is where I'm going. Yeah.
2: No, and I because I've I found you
1: an amazing example of of a person who is absolutely a bloke, absolutely a man, but actually has loads of different interests and expressions of that, and you're
2: really comfortable with it. So let's talk about some of them. What are you into, Charles? Oh, I feel like you, what you really want me to say right now is that I do tap dancing you on a do Saturday morning. You do tap morning. dancing? Yeah. Good. That's a great start. I have my grade three now. Got a distinction. Oh. Don't mean to boast. Can but, we um, do a bit on, on? No. Okay. No. It's. I mean, when I say grade three, I mean... Remember that grade three is probably for like eight-year-olds. <laughs> okay. Well, look. Like you know, I think yeah, it's worth pointing Do you not out. But it's great. It's great that you like tap dancing. What it's else? Great. Um, love musical theatre. Musical theatre. Massive yeah. fan. Many, I was listening many to, men like. I was driving theater. back home yesterday, listening to the Dreamgirls soundtrack. Okay. Love it. Of course, and that's um, fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um... <laughs> and <laughs> sorry, I don't know why I'm saying this. Um, I was. Um, Spotify unwrapped this year. Yeah. 0.5% of listeners of Sean Mendes. Top 0.5% of Sean Mendes listeners. In the world, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> On Spotify, yeah. And let's, can we just go there? Yeah. Disney. Oh, Disney, yeah, huge. Massive Disney fan. Huge Disney fan.
1: Yeah, love it. Well, and you—you like basically you—you've seen every single Disney film. Oh right? yeah, I've, I've watched, watched seen them all. Every
2: single classic. You know Disney. many of the
1: songs off by heart. Yeah, and I you, was again. You know the rap. Yeah, goes. it goes deep. Now, the serious question though. Yeah. Do you think we make enough space for lads? I'm just making this about lads. There's an equal question you could ask about girls, but we're just asking about boys. Do you think we make enough space in in Christian youth work for boys to be en- anything they want to be? You know, and to express themselves, to be interested in what they want, you know, within safe parameters, but to to be somebody who loves tap dancing rather than going out for a curry. You know, there's, there's a very um, set formula for Christian masculinity, isn't there in the church? And and, you know, you see that modeled by the kind of men's events that we hold, men's breakfast, men's festivals, all that sort of stuff. I've never seen anything at a men's festival about Disney princesses tap dancing or um pixar live you know any of the other things you just said um you know do you think we've
2: actually got too narrower yeah that's that's a really good question i don't think i've ever thought about it i guess because i i kind of ended up doing children's work and youth work without Mm -hmm. and it wasn't my intention it wasn't what i set out to do but god beautifully worked that into my life Um, and i'm really grateful for it and so i think I'm, uh, when you were saying that, I was thinking about the the lads in our youth group and the lads who have grown up um, through the church, and I was thinking about each one, and there are, there is a big contingency of lads who love football, mm. but there are also, the, you know, you've got your quieter lads who sit on their mobile phones looking at stock prices or whatever it is that yeah, they do, yeah. like... I and mean, then you've got the ones who love just going outdoors and climbing trees and going crazy. We haven't talked yeah. about this on the I podcast. Haven't, I haven't seen this, this for myself this yet. It's
1: a sudden phenomenon kids and chessboards. We might do a yeah. whole episode on it later on. Sorry.
2: So I don't know, to be honest. I would say that my hope is that church is a place where you can be you and that it doesn't matter what you love, that you should be accepted but like you, you can be accepted for what you love and what you do and that i don't know like jesus wasn't your typical male right mm-hmm. like okay certainly
1: not in the context of the times he was in
2: absolutely and like you so yeah he did carpentry and he he would have been buff and all the rest of it but like actually like the way that he spoke to people the way that he interacted with people is not if you were to write a very stereotypical male character that's not what you get in jesus so my hope is that that's the case. I do think there is something to say that that's not always the way that I do think, you know, as you say, like men's breakfast and stuff is not my place to be. Like men's ministry is just not where I want, like I grew up, so I um, was bullied quite a lot when I was in primary school um, because I didn't like football, um, which kind of separated me from the other lads. Um, and uh, so that that was really tough. And so I ended up hanging out with all the girls mm-hmm. Um, and so they were, they were my friends. And so growing up, my friends were girls. So when you went into your youth group and it was like, we're going to split into boys and girls. now, I was like, I don't want to be with the guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing in common with these people. Um, and yeah, so, but I, it's not really related, but one of the beautiful things that God has done in my life is. So, um, just before I left, I was a small group leader of the year 10 lads in our youth group. And they love football and they would play football constantly in the free time. And I I slowly got involved with it and they let me score goals. They (laughs) did. They used to
1: like
2: just roll it along the ground to you. Yeah, they did. Or like fall over and return (laughs) that. I tackled them very sweetly. (laughs) But that and then and then when I left, they gave me a football shirt that they'd created of our football team in fact actually i'm wearing their merch today you're
1: wearing the hoodie from their team (laughs) as we speak
2: yeah ray common football club shout out to them um but yeah and and so that was like a really restorative thing It, it really like full circle where i don't think they know how much of an impact that's been on me on how much that's healed me mm. about my hatred of football. Because mm. now I'm like, yeah, football's not too bad, actually. You like, even look out for the West Ham results now. No, I don't. You do. really. No, I sometimes. You, oh, you said you did. <laughs> yeah, sometimes oh, I fine. do. Okay. If I see them, then I'm like, Ooh, West Ham, but that's about it. That's about extent. That's enough. But of, course, but of course, what you did there,
1: you know, it was restorative for you. But also, I think you did something really powerful in the way that you modelled being, you know, a young Christian man in that, those who were in the group who didn't feel like they were football kids, those who, who didn't feel like they fitted into the mold, actually thought, oh, it's okay. Like, I can fully express, you know, I can, be a, I can be a guy without having to be this type of guy and still fit within God's family. I think that's profound.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And no, like we were talking about, like, does children's work and youth work intersect and how does that work? Yeah. And I think uh, you yeah, know there is a basic principle to any ministry which is relationship, right? Yeah. And so I tried to be a leader who led from the front for sure and was crazy and silly and all the rest of it that I needed to be. But then when it was the free time I would try my best not to be part of the craziness but would find the kids who were quieter. Um, and build a relationship with them, and spot them when they were sad, or, or whether they were on their own. Like just trying to be there for them. And I do think that made a difference. And I do think there's, especially with the lads, like I'm always surprised that we have so many young men in our youth group. Yeah, huge numbers, way more boys than girls. Yeah, and which, I, and 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 as someone here, as we've pointed out, is not a typical. <laughs> Alpha male or whatever. I'm really surprised that that's the case, and that actually, uh, yeah, it's a weird thing for me because I wouldn't, I would have expected the boys to drop off, yeah, girls to stay.
1: But, but I think part of it, honestly, is that we've given and you have given permission for a range of expressions of masculinity, which means kids actually feel incredibly safe and like they could belong there. So I think a lot of that is on you. um That isn't even what we were going to talk about. Oh, sorry, today. we've just ticked off. An extra bonus, tough question for youth ministry there. Um, here's what I did want to talk to you mm. about. Um, and it's about the intersection of youth and children's ministry. So lots of people listening to this will have responsibility for both youth and children's work. They might be uh, major and minor in one direction or the other. Um, but there's always been an uneasy relationship between those two fields, um, specialisms even. Part of the reason for that is because I think I even think that you can't really be a specialist in both. You're always going to major in either youth or children's ministry. Um, And when you do major in one or the other, it's very tempting to therefore root for one side or the other and look down on the other. Um, And so I think that's been a thing that has existed in youth ministry for as long as I've been involved in it. Um, We have had a really healthy kind of experience of youth and children's ministry working together um, at St. Mary's, um, and, I, and I wanted to unpack why that was. As we seek to ask the question, can youth and children's ministry essentially learn from each other? Do you want to just start by just describing um, how we did youth and children? And just to add a layer of complexity, we called all our groups Satellites Groups, which will be a bit weird if you know we also run a festival here from Youthscape called Satellites. I mean, we'll try okay. and drop that.
2: Yeah. Okay, so the way that I inherited the children's work at St. Mary's was that on a Monday originally, and then it moved to a Wednesday. You you had a year five and six group, which then led into a year seven and eight group, which then led into years nine to thirteen group. So it's very full-on. And um, um and my contract was to oversee the year five and six. It's that was that was my main job. But it also involved being at the year seven and eights. Um, and I think this was a leftover from my previous um, children's worker who, whose daughter had graduated through the youth group and therefore wanted to stay later and be with her daughter. But for me, it, it, it made sense to do that because especially after a year when I saw my year sixes go into year seven, suddenly being there on a Wednesday was really important because it was, it was a familiar face. You were the leader. <laughs> But I was I was still there, so they knew that they could trust me, and therefore, if I showed that I trusted you with them, then th- that there was this sort of mutual respect sort of thing that carried on. And I do think that made a massive difference to how many young people we've managed to carry across. And there has been a drop-off. So you know, I think it's fair to say that there, were, there's been like a 50% drop-off probably. Yeah. A- and again, let's put that into context where... By the time I was leaving on a Wednesday we were having sixty year five and six children come along on a Wednesday afternoon. So that meant that the following year you've you've inherited like 30. Yeah, we
1: got about 30 in year into year seven, which yeah. which is wasn't I mean, wasn't even a 50% drop-off actually. Yeah. Um so what's interesting about that model was we leaned very heavily on the local Uh, attached schools, yes. attached parish church school to the church. And we went to their year five and six and we said, look, can we, um, uh, by the way, the head of year five and six at the school is my wife. So it's very, that now that's nepotism. Um, And uh, and we went to them, we said, look, can you really encourage, you know, your kids to come to this, this group? And then of course we made it feel like a youth group.
2: Oh yeah. So so I was going to go into that. So when I first started, we were using, um, we're using lots of different things. And I think um, on a Sunday in particular, we were using scripture union stuff, which was great. But um, when I took over, I wanted to, because I had the time. <laughs> and we were talking about, I think you've been talking about this in another podcast, but where, you know, as a volunteer, it's harder to, it's easier to get premium resources, but I was being paid. So therefore I felt comfortable enough to, well, I'll see, let's change this a little bit. Let's see if we can find a model that works for us. And because I've been part of the youth group um, helping out, it, it struck me that that when we get to youth, it's all built around conversation. You split off into small groups and you have conversation. But when you're in Sunday groups, it's all about the craft, the game, like there's a talk maybe, and that's about it. You're Listen, listening to the
1: guy at the you're front. You're just
2: listening. And it's very, it's not school, but it's school, right? And so when I was redesigning what we were doing when I was building my curriculum, I was like, okay, well, if that's where the children are going if that's what it's that's where they're then going to explore then for me it's really important that I start building their conversation skills now as children so that when they're in youth group they're used to having conversations so there's not a new concept to them to sit around and ask questions and of course the questions aren't as deep and um, the questions could just be like who do you want to show love to today or like something really simple but actually it it provided a way so that to, to join the two up so that it wasn't completely separate, so that it wasn't a complete sh- like shock, like a sort of whiplash effect when they arrive in youth group and go, oh, we don't play as many games now. Yeah, and yeah, and now different. it's just like talking and we're, we're actually studying the Bible and stuff. So yeah, so that that was a really important stage in it. Um, and yeah, I wanted that join up approach and, and we worked together very
1: closely. We did. We did. And, and for a few years, I was doing the children's work as well. In the end, it just became too much. But I was, I was pretty committed in the early years to, um, to coming along and being part of that year five and six group. So they got to meet the youth worker for two years before they were invited to join, join the youth group. The way we've done it more recently is I just show up the last week and I'm like, hello.
2: Yeah, I hand over, don't I? Yeah. We do. you, you, you used to come in and go, I'm your leader now.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'd have, a, we'd have like an arm wrestle and I would <laughs> yeah. win. It would be very theatrical. And then I would take them. Uh, no, that's not quite how we did it. Yeah. We had some great moments though. So, you know, we did do some double act stuff. Um, yeah. And my most favorite memory of that is when you said to me, um, you know, go and find some ingredients. I will eat and dr- or drink a cocktail slash smoothie made of absolutely anything. Yeah. And so we raided the, the kitchen at church. And I am not exaggerating when I say we pulled together In front of these kids, ketchup,
2: gherkins, I think
1: gherkins, sardines, baked beans, baked beans, and maybe ice cream. Yeah, it was ice cream as well. Um, And we sort of, and maybe there's a bit of ketchup in there. And we, um, and we blended it, and then, but not very well. We didn't blend it to a totally smooth. I mean, you may be listening to this feeling a bit sick.
2: I think you used like a potato masher. I don't think you even blended it. Yeah, I
1: didn't really blend it. I squished it. I squished it, and then. Handed it to you thinking, surely, surely he's not actually going to now drink this. And drink, drink it you did in front of 60 kids who couldn't quite believe. They didn't really want you to do it. They didn't want you to. But you did. And some of them cried. And it was quite tra- No, they didn't really. They didn't, no, cried. They didn't cry. No, no they didn't. none of them um, cried. It was, I, I, it was quite traumatising for me. You. Um. What is... I mean, what is going on that your body can cope with that? Gherkins and yeah. and and sardines and ice cream. So yeah, I think the question is, you know, how do we how do we learn from each other? And we sort of um, we sort of looked at the how, like what the mechanics of how it worked. What do you think on a relational level between a you know? Now I'm assuming here this is not a place where the youth and the children's worker are the same person, but where you've got a youth team and a children's team. Like, what can you do? What can you do to to sort of make those relationships better so that the two don't end up in slight opposition to each other?
2: I think there's something to say about working together and actually planning what you're going to be doing in the term together so that you're building off one another. So we, we often did the same thing across the three groups. And although my, my style might have been slightly different to yours, so, you know, I would... We would talk about the same subject but slightly differently. And, you know, because there is that there is a tension, isn't there? When you're a child, you've got less of an experience than you do as a teenager. Different things appeal to you, different jokes, humor styles. Um and so I think that that was important that we came together on the theme and we came together on this is what we want the young people or children to understand. Um, and it might be we want the young people to understand five things. We want the children to understand one or three, like like a simplified approach. Um I think it's useful to I think yeah just a joined up effort. So we did the tuck run together. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> that was like a weekly thing. And that was really important. Um and because it meant that we were forced to have time with one another. Um
1: and then we had very different views on what sweets to pick out. I you had quite strong views oh, on what sweets. are certain sweets you didn't want.
2: I think I'm very middle class, so like when it comes to like chocolate I'm like get the good stuff. Yeah, Whereas you're I'm like quite, I'm quite keen, keen on, on white mice. The, the white mice.
1: <laughs> that was where we
2: always fell out. Yeah. More white mice. More white mice. More like sprinkled covered stars. Yeah, I love those. Um so yes, and then and then also we joined up on the socials quite a lot of the time as well. So actually we f- we fed we fed off one another and and a bit, you, you know you said you struggle with games i do games is like my forte and powerpoints you were great and at PowerPoints. powerpoints as well yeah so my powerpoints
1: have fallen off a cliff since you left
2: um so yeah so we worked on them together in a sense that like we we found what skills we had because not every youth worker is going to have all the skills right um We all have different skills. But actually, you know, your children's worker might have skills that your youth worker doesn't have. Or your youth worker might have skills that your children's worker doesn't have. Um, And so by combining them, you've got a stronger ministry already because you're not just relying on your own skills and resources. Um, And I think, yeah, praying and vision planning together was really important as well. Praying together was really important.
1: The weeks we prayed together before it all started, because we, we tend to do a great debrief at the end. We weren't yeah. always so good at praying before. The weeks we prayed together, always the best weeks.
2: Yeah, 100%. And vision planning or going, where is it that we want to see these young people in five years' time? Or what, what is it? What Who's coming up? So for you, it was like, oh, well, who's coming up in year seven? Who, who am I to look out for? Who are the people that you've noticed? And like so that joint up wisdom and so that you were prepared and... And I, I was conscious of that, and and also looking out for it. Going, okay, well, I think that person's going to be quite a good, you know, communicator down the line. They're only in year five at the moment, but I can see something in them that I think when by the time that they're with you, they could be leading up front or doing something on our contemporary carol service or whatever it is. Um, and then, and then, I think there's something to say as well. Like families aren't. Split into childrens and youth. Mm. You've got children, and like you don't separate your teenagers from your youngest, right? Like, because yeah. that's madness. <laughs> but like, for some reason in church we kind of do. We're like, oh, like they're completely separate families. Like the brothers and sisters. Like it's a weird thing where. And so actually having that joint knowledge of, oh, that's the younger brother of that person. Oh, that's that family. Oh, you know a little bit more about that family dynamic than I do because you've had a little bit more contact time with the parents, maybe, um, or or vice versa. That was also really important because it helped join up our safeguarding. It helped join up our um, just our general knowledge of our young people.
1: So, so there's a bit of communication in there, praying together, a bit of sharing vision. Basically it's it's everything, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the answer is yeah being open to sharing everything together. Yeah. And some some people be in a context where it's really difficult to get time together. But I think what what you're really sharing is it's worth making that investment to understand each other, to try and see each other as as one part of one team rather than two ministries pulling in opposite directions.
2: Yeah, and I would say that about the whole church, to be honest. I think I think sometimes splitting things into ministries, I've got to be careful here, but I think sometimes splitting things into separate ministries, whilst it's useful, and whilst, you know, you want people who are really good with specific age ranges and all the rest of it, actually, it becomes quite dangerous because you're splitting the church. Um, so you're going, well, these are the adults, and, and s- like, and I think St. Mary's is quite, um, not maybe not unique, but w- we had a church center, which was across the road from the church, and so there was a physical divide between the adults in the church and the youth and children's work that was going on. Yeah. And so, and so it, it was quite difficult because, you know, we, we, we are meant to be one body. <laughs> we are meant to be one family of God. And yet at some points it felt quite difficult to make the children's work or the youth work feel like it was part of the adult church.
1: Um, and that might be quite a universal issue that a lot of people face
2: yeah and so i i don't know whether i have like a particular insight on how to make that better but if you can join up your youth and children's that's one step closer right if you if you're not viewing yourself as totally separate ministries but you're seeing yourself as working together because you're going to be interacting with the same children young people like at some stage like actually so so to 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 see that as a joined up ministry rather than as two completely separate things that can't touch one another that, you know, the youth ministry looks down on the children's work, the children's work looks up to the youth ministry or whatever way around it looks like in your context. I don't think that's very helpful. I think it needs to be joined up. It needs to have some sort of common phrase, common ground. And it'd be amazing to see, you know, if youth work (laughs) could then feed into the adult work.
1: Could youth work lead the church again? Yeah. Amen. Uh, look, uh, one other thing I just wanted to mention was uh, that it's satellites in the summer. Yes. You lead the uh, the, ch- the, the children's work for yeah. years, uh, years one to six. Is that I right? I think it's one even reception. I think it's quite low. Reception. reception to
2: the year seven. Yeah,
1: I should know this. <laughs> you should. Uh, but you lead the children's work anyway. I do. Yeah. Um, and so what's interesting, just to f- the final point is that um, that this follows really the the whole blueprint that we've just been talking about because what we said right at the outset was we don't just want a children's work that babysits the the kids of the volunteers and the youth workers we want to we want mirror yeah. what is going on in the youth venues because it's all one group,
2: hundred percent. And I, mean, I think I haven't said this, but I very much view as children's work as a, a foundation layer. Like um, it, it's the time to, to build the foundations so that the youth work can start to build up or go deeper. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a confusing build, metaphor. Build on, yeah. build on, yeah. So it's like actually it's really important that children's work is really important because it builds that foundation which allows youth workers to go deeper and to to explore more. And so, so it's, yeah, so it's a massive bit. And so when we were doing the children's work last year at Satellites, on the last night, we took our oldest kids in the group and we snuck into the main session in the evening. What? Um and we stood there and, and this is an amazing story. And and we we went for like the worship section because yeah. we we're like, the kids will like the worship. It's yeah. fun. Like, oh yeah, they'll enjoy that bit's music. They'll enjoy that. And so they they went and um and the worship ended. And we're like, oh if, if, should we should we go back now? And three of them were like, yeah, let's go back. Cause they wanted to watch, I don't know, Shrek or whatever we we're watching. <laughs> um and then but three of them were like, no, we want, we want to stay. I was like, all right, great. So we, we stayed a little bit longer. And I think um, I f- think it was Rachel Gardner, was Rachel Gardner speaking. Gardner. And they stayed for the whole um, talk. And then it was like, okay, the talk's out. But shall, we, shall we go back and finish off track? And like, no, 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 we, like, we actually want to stay for the ministry time. And it was like, it was incredible. And I think, you know, but what was nice was it was like, they weren't in the main sessions all the time. We had our own main sessions, which were fun and exciting and you know, had, it contained the gospel, really important to say. Um, but it gave them a glimpse of what was to come. And I think, that, again, that was a real part of the vision. Like we really thought about this in terms of I wanted to make sure that the kids' work at was was great in its own right. But then also left a little bit of, oh, but I can't wait until I'm like a teenager and I get to do all the other stuff that they're doing and like being part of the massive, like, I wanted to make sure that it was still really good, but just left a little bit of like Mm. um, excitement for what the future, so that they didn't feel like, oh, I've been coming to satellites for years. um, So therefore, like, as a kid, Mm. so therefore, why would I come as a teenager? Like, actually, as a, yeah.
1: And maybe this is a very youth work centered. Way of ending this, but but maybe that's not a bad vision for children's ministry. No. That you give them absolutely, you know, the the gospel. You know, Jesus says, yeah, it's it's basically it's got to be simple enough for a child to understand. Yeah, but um, but actually, a little bit of intrigue. There's something more, and you're going to absolutely love being a teenager.
2: And we we did that with our with our socials. Yeah, and so like sometimes we did exactly the same social sometimes we did it slightly differently so like the best example is the night of ice and fire we did oh yeah the night of ice and
1: fire which was
2: bonfire night so the, yeah so the
1: this <laughs> is <so just laughs> bonfire night with ice lollies
2: yeah ice cream That's so there was it. an ice cream station and a bonfire for the young, young people so the youth group We you really branded that though whereas with the kids we didn't do that because i was not allowing 60 kids to run around a fire and eat ice cream i'm not mental and so we did like ice cube challenges and i was dressed up as a dragon and ate a chili (laughs) like very different but then like gave them you know when they saw the bonfire starting to be built they were like oh what's that and it's like oh it's a bonfire oh why aren't we doing a bonfire well you can do next year when you join year year seven and and loads of that sort of thing really i think again it was fun in its own right but left enough for them to want more and to see what was next rather than feeling they'd done it all.
1: That's a perfect metaphor for youth and children's ministry and how they can work together, dress up as a dragon, (laughs) but point to the bonfire outside. Yeah. Thank you, Charles.
2: I think it was
0: a great interview and you really raised some interesting challenges about how more of us in youth ministry are doing the transition work. So we're working with younger young people and it's not children's ministry, but we need to see what we do in the kind of the great scheme of of the whole age of a child. I think that's really brilliant because I think for so often we've all kind of been a bit siloed, haven't we? Yeah, children's yeah. ministry, youth ministry, student ministry. It was a really good challenge that you brought. Um But I've, I, se-
1: I've, seen, I've seen it. I mean, I must just say, Having seen what Charles built, you know, before he came here, when he was at Reigate, uh, you know, he did as good a job as I've ever seen of building that transition Mm. stuff. And he did it because he was so invested in the youth work as well as the children's work. He didn't decide to choose and that's really the point.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. So, um, each episode, we've been sharing these stories of unsung heroes, which they've been brilliant. I've really felt encouraged listening to people's stories of people in their life when they were a teenager who's really encouraged them, maybe their youth worker, maybe just a different adult in church. And we would love more of these stories to be sent in. So, you haven't missed your opportunity. If you have somebody in your life, who, when you were a teenager, just cheered you on, particularly in the faith. Send in those stories. I've got a little one. I, I'm I'm not going to do mine for the for the end of the well, podcast. Can I share it now? Just do it now. Well, because last week I went to memorial service of a teacher. Um, who'd recently died and he was the music teacher when I was at high school. And I was unsurprised but pleasantly surprised the number of young people who are now my age who travelled from Dorset, Devon, Halifax. I'm from Blackburn to come to this little place in Kent to tell stories about how this music teacher spotted something in us and really encouraged us. And I found it so very moving that my memories... Of what he was like was completely backed up by all these stories that I heard. I thought, oh, that's really nice that my memories are right. He was... He was that guy. He was the guy that would cheer us on. And, and I mean, this is a bygone age, but it was a girls school that I went to. And there was a little bunch of us who were not really very good at music, but we liked being part of his chamber choir. It wasn't, a, it sounds like a posh school. It wasn't a posh school. That's the whole point. But he would call us his men. Come on, my men, come on. And um, again, this is a previous era of life. So don't worry about him calling us his men. But he would say to us like come on my men you can do this and the song that it always gets to sing would be lift thine eyes and I, th- and I thought actually the one thing I've taken from him into the whole of my life is that I can lift up my eyes and I can do it and I don't think he'd have had any awareness that that's what he just loved classical music and he loved teaching young people but how amazing that he locked into these young hearts this, into our psyches this idea that we can lift up our eyes and we can do it we're his men He did take us to France with the French teacher and they didn't book anything for us to do. We just went from different landmarks to landmarks busking. (laughs) Oh, really? How on earth would you get a school to agree to that today? But we got on the coach. He didn't book any accommodation. We were there for 48 hours. We slept on the coach and we sang outside Sacre Coeur. We sang outside Notre Dame. We did some busking. It's absolutely brilliant. We were aged 17 18.
1: Did you buy some playing cards with um, half-naked ladies on them? That's what we all did when we went to France did at you? school. Yeah, everyone did that. But
0: what an adventure. Like, oh, isn't that... Yes, indeed. Like, how... We, safeguarding is non-negotiable. We keep young people safe. That's the core message of the gospel. But how incredible to have those memories where actually it felt like, we're just here, we're going to see what happens. I, I think, think it's Really
1: interesting happens. that you talk about Going to the memorial service of so presumably that took you a bit out of your way to do oh, that. It was
0: six hours there and six hours back. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Um, so I had a very similar experience. The most influential person in my life, absolutely, was a teacher at university. Actually, It was a, a lecturer at university. Very sadly, died about ten years ago. And when I heard about it, I just knew I had to go to the yeah, memorial and I just hard. made it happen. Yes. And in a way that if someone said to me, oh, you've just got to pop up to Cambridge for a meeting. I mean, I can't. No. I can't possibly fit that into my schedule, but you just, everything bends to it and it, there's something on some deep level very, that yes, you know be. you have to be you know there to remember to them. There. Yes. Isn't that interesting?
0: It is interesting. And I, when I found out that he died, bearing in mind, I've not seen him for about 25, 30 mm. years. When I found out he died, I it, it I was very upset, but it was it was crying for oh just deep gratitude for what this person had put in my life at that time and and that he was eccentric you know all all the things that you're like really would he be a youth worker? no he was absolutely brilliant it was wonderful to be able to see his wife and his his kids that have grown up now so yeah what so these unsung heroes these you know if your story is there was somebody and they gave me a cup of tea at the end of the service and they might not think anything of it, but actually that was at a point when I was 13 and I had no idea. Like those are the stories also yeah. that we'd love you to send because sometimes it is those moments that change the course of our life as well as those that mentor us for years. But sometimes the unsung hero is someone that has no idea of the role they played in your life. So send those stories in. So
1: you can either email podcast at uk, and we'll explain what you need to do. Or you can actually do a voice recording of you about a minute long. Oh,
0: we'd love that. And
1: just on your phone and just attach that and send it to uh, podcast.youthscape.co.uk and we will you will find it on a future yes. edition
3: of the podcast.
0: Yeah, so now, ladies and gentlemen, we've got our uh, unsung hero for today.
3: Hello, uh, my name's Martha and my unsung youth worker hero is Courtney. When I was a teenager, um i grew up in a church where um, as i got older i was one of the only young people left so actually there wasn't much in my church for young people my age so um, i decided to find another youth group to go to that was in the town and when i went there and um, there was so much energy in life it was so amazing and there was one person specifically who was a junior leader and um she just showed me what it meant to have a real relationship with God. We prayed together, we talked about um, how we felt about different things that were happening in life and things like that. And it was just really nice to connect with someone that was only a few years older than me, but had such a deep relationship with God. And yeah, so Courtney um, really helped me in that time to really uh, deepen my relationship with God.
1: Guest today? Guest today? <laughs> Guest. What a star! Guest today. <laughs> Guest today. <laughs> Charles. Chair. Sitting. Guest today.
2: All my troubles seem so <laughs> far
1: away.
2: <laughs> this, could this be a Patreon?
0: <laughs> this is what happens. Oh, this is post lunch. One more lunch. time. I oh, so won't, won't do any of that. Just whole start industry.
1: again.